You don't uh, have to look too far. Uh, you don't have to have lived too long to recognize that change is happening all around us. Uh, from communication, telephones, man, they've come a long way. Computers, technology, uh, life has become more streamlined, and as technology changes and life becomes more streamlined, our lifestyles change. You can get a whole lot more done in a day today than you could 10 years ago, right? As things speed up, I remember the first time when I first used to sign up on the internet, right? That dial tone, it looked like 10 minutes for it to kick in, you know? And now if it doesn't happen in seconds, we get irritated, we get frustrated, right? And, and, and the more life changes, the more things get more advanced, um, the more we do, the more we cram in. And so we're doing more work in a day than we ever did before, but there are still not enough hours in the day, right? There's still, we always cram in more than what we can really fit in. You're always on. You're always in contact through email or phone or texting or Facebook, but you are always on. You can work from home. You can work from your office day or night. You can work while flying in a plane. You can work anywhere. And as we advance and as we work harder, we have less and less time, right? We work more. We sleep less. It becomes harder and harder to make time for God. It becomes harder and harder to make time for our families and time for ourselves. And that's just the change that we experience in ourselves through technology. But then there are changes in our culture, right? Laws are changing. Opinions are changing. Worldview is changing. Marriage is changing. changing. If you don't like your own gender, you can change that too. Everything is changing. And in this world seems that there are less and less absolutes according to the world, less and less boundaries, less boundaries when it comes to morality or ethics or acceptable behavior. Nothing seems to be solid. And if this were an ocean, it would be like this stormy ocean with waves just getting higher and higher and just beating you left and right and all over the place and and if this were an ocean, it'd be pretty overwhelming. Not only are our bodies changing, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, not only do we experience change in our bodies, right, from age, uh, from sickness, from different things, but we experience, experience change um, in, our, in our personal lives. Uh, and this change in our personal lives, this change in our bodies, this change in the world around us, it's just happening at a rapid pace. And so we continue our series this morning on change. We've talked about change that happens to us and that there's an intention behind that. God's very intentional that he's, he's taken us and placed us in a, an environment where everything is changing. Seasons are changing. Our bodies are changing. Our environments are changing. Our culture is changing. And yet in the midst of this is an unchanging God. God never changes. That's his word. He never changes. Hebrews says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yet this God that never changes places us in bodies that constantly change, environments that constantly change, and that he has called us to change. His first message, we talked about this, um, I think, last week, was 
for us to change. And so he's constantly speaking to us about change through, through the seasons we go through, through the environment that we live in, through the culture that we, that's around us, through our bodies. It's change, change, change. And he says, unless you change, you will not inherit eternal life. Unless you repent, unless you turn directions and come to him, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so this is message saying, change, change, change. And the change that we experience to us, like in our bodies, should lead to change within us. This is why scripture tells us, consider it pure joy when you go through trials. Because when you go through those trials, trials and it, it produces something in you. I have to talk about Maria's testimony. When she stood up here and she said, listen, I was going through this challenge, through this health thing, and I was saying, God, I don't know what's going on, but all I know is I will praise you and I will praise you. How you respond to those changes that you go through, how you respond to those trials that you will go, go through is key to your growth in Christ. Some of us pull away from God and some of us draw close to God. And what I love is Marie says, man, in this trial, I just started praising God. I did not understand it, but I started praising God and God brought her through. And I want to tell you, Marie's faith level today, her growth in Christ, her roots in God are deeper and stronger than they were before that trial. Because change that happens to us is supposed to lead to change within us. And once we change within us, and this is why Jesus says, no, turn, repent, turn from your old ways. Um, uh, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All of these things, repent. All of it's about change. Change direction. Stop worshiping yourself and start worshiping me. Everything is about change. It's imperative. He says, unless you change and become like children. And so as we change... And we inherit Christ in our lives. We accept Him and we turn from our ways. We become new creatures. The old is gone, the new has come. We become changed, transformed, renewed in Him. And that's just the beginning of a lifelong path of change in Him. And when we continue to experience trials in our Christian lives, like Marie did and others of us, where we grow deeper because He wants our roots to go deep and deep and deeper in Him and mature in Him. And as we grow in Him, we become more like Him. And as we become more like Him, we become a more accurate reflection of Him. If you haven't heard the messages, I want to encourage you, go back online and you can, and you can get them. But I've just kind of recapped right now what we've talked about over the last two weeks. And so all of this is to talk about now. Today we're talking about not the change that happens in us. We're talking about change to us, change in us. And today we're talking about change around us. Change in culture, change in society, change in laws, change in worldview. And once you've changed internally as a Christian and you've turned from the ways of the world, you still find yourself surrounded by a sea of change, don't you? How do we handle that change as Christians? You go to slide two there, if you would. I don't know if you can see that real well. It's not as big as I'd like it to be. But to me, that is a picture of like God. God obviously is the lighthouse and this wild ocean is the world and the change that's just rapidly hitting around us. And I love that picture because I feel like it represents what God is saying to us. In the midst of storm, in the midst of change, in the midst of waves being tossed back and forth and change and confusion and chaos, he is unchanging, he is solid, he is firm, and he stands out like a, a beacon saying, hey, be careful, hey, this is the way. 
God stands like that unmoving lighthouse. After, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. And behold, the new things have come. And so as this new creation in Christ, how do we make sure that we are not tossed with the waves of change that you see in that, white, uh, in that lighthouse? Well, first of all, I want to say, start off with this. Some of the changes that we experience are good changes. There are some great changes that are happening around the world. We can't be people who say, man, all change is bad. We can't be the people that start worshiping the old and the old traditions. And, and, and so there are some changes, obviously, in the world that can lead us away from Christ that we have to be careful of. But there are some changes here that we need to embrace as a church and, and utilize them because they can help us advance the gospel. Because the changes that we have in, in, in the world today, um, we can advance the gospel in, in, in moments. The podcast from this, ser- from this service today can be heard anywhere in the world if you have internet. In moments. That's an amazing thing that we never had before. From streaming video to archive video to YouTube channels to Skype and emails to, to internet, anything that we do with, with Christ and the gospel, man, we can just basically reach out across the world. And so some of these changes are incredibly good. And so as technology advances, we must advance. And, and some of the problems that we face in church today is sometimes people hate that change. They fight that change. They don't, they don't like the change. They say, man, the old was better. I prefer the old hymns, and I love old hymns. But man, we've got to keep changing because the point is not what we like. It's about reaching people and being more effective. And so as the world changes, our methods of communicating the gospel of Christ must change. It's essential that they change. We need to, 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 to reach out to every possible person, hold nothing back that we can reach them for Christ. So our technology, um, the way we do things um, has to change if our passion for Christ is going to last. I, I love what, what, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. He says this, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win as many as possible. And those are the key words. In order to win as many as possible. He says to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. But while our methods must change, while our style may change, while our music may change, one thing must never change, and that is the unchanging message of the gospel. Everything else can change how we present it, but one thing must not change, and that is God's word. 
And one of the challenges that we're seeing today and experiencing today's world is that the world isn't just trying to change the method, but they're trying to change uh, God's word. They are trying to change his message. And we're seeing this creep into Christianity more and more. It's like they're trying to get his word to somehow conform to the world. The world wants the message changed. Some Christians want the message changed. Trust me, my life would be a whole lot easier if I could say, you know what, instead of saying that I struggle in this area of my life, let me just erase this and try and conform God's word to make my life a whole lot easier so I don't have to change. And so, so in this world of change, it's like the world is saying, no, I refuse to change. I am the way I am. I am born this way. I am not changing. But God, you must change. Your word must change in order to make my life feel happier, to make me feel better about who I am. And so they want Christianity without Christ and without a sacrifice. And they want forgiveness without repentance and salvation without regeneration and heaven without hell. And unfortunately, these messages aren't just being preached outside the church, but they're being preached now inside many churches. Churches are getting away from the authority of of Scripture, turning to the desires of the flesh and, 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 and honestly the desires of themselves and the world to create their own boundaries. And their boundaries become less and less So how do you stand as a Christian against the constant bombardment of your faith, right? Especially up here in New England. It seems like now when you you say you're a Christian to someone, the minute they want to basically, oh, go, great, so you believe this, they want to attack you for what you believe. How do you stand, or they want to question everything that, 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 that you say you believe? How do you stand in your faith once you've been changed inside. Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8 says this, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with that thankfulness. Before I go into verse 8, I just want to repeat this again. It says, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. He calls us not to live outside of him, but to live in him, to be rooted and built up and strengthened in him. Then he goes on verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So he's saying, listen, you got to be careful of the philosophy of this world. you got to be careful of the wisdom of this world, that they don't take you captive, that they don't try and, and, and twist you into going with the world and deceive you, but be rooted in him, be built up in him. You stand as a Christian only by living in him. Do we have that next slide? I don't know if you guys can see this. You can't see it because I can barely see it. But right here, there's a guy. You guys probably know this picture well, right? I mean, you've seen this online. All right? There's a man standing right here on the outside of that lighthouse. Oh, sorry. He's, I can't even see. There he is. He's up here. He's not down there. He is. He'd be in trouble. All right. He is standing. Right here. You can see his shirt there, right? Isn't that crazy? There's this wave just breaking around him on this lighthouse. And there he is standing. I don't think I'm that brave. 
I would be inside. But there, and when I saw this picture, I thought, man, that is a picture of someone living in that lighthouse, right? I mean, that man by himself, if it wasn't for that lighthouse, where would he be in that ocean? Man, he would be tossed like a rag doll. He would just be all over the place. And that's what happens to the world around us. People, if they're not rooted in Christ, are being tossed this way and that way. Christians, if they're not rooted in Christ, are being tossed this way and that way. But when it says, you live in him, when you live in the rock, when you are rooted in him, then you will stand. This man is not standing by himself. What is standing is that lighthouse. And for spiritual references, what is standing is God. And who is taking shelter in that, in God, is that man. And it's not because of his strength. And it's not because of his power that he can stand in all of these waves. It's only because he is latched on and rooted and tied to and hanging on to the unchanging, unmovable God. How do we stand as Christians in a crazy environment of change around us? Scripture says you live in him. You don't live in the world. You be rooted in him. And so we say, well, wait a second. I, I'm a Christian and, and I struggle with some questions and I have all of these things. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between saying I'm a Christian. There's a difference between being actually rooted in him. Do you know how you get rooted in him? Through trials. This is why, this is why they say, hey, listen, consider it pure joy when you go through trials. Because trials produce in you character, Right? And character produces perseverance. And perseverance is what? The ability to hang on. The ability to keep going. To never quit. And so when you go through trials like Marie, because she shared that, I love it, she shared that today. What she's saying now is, man, I don't understand this change that's happening in me and my body. I don't know all of this. And quite frankly, it is scary. But in the months of this sea of change, I know one person who was unchanging. And that is the God that formed me and created me. That is the God that has a plan for me. That is the God whose plans are to prosper me and not to harm me. And though I don't know about the sea of change around me, one thing I know is I will hold on to him and I will worship him in the midst of this change. And as she does that, God comes through for her and she begins to realize, man, my God is bigger than the change in my life. My God is bigger than the fears of sickness. My God is bigger. And what happens when she does that? Guess what? Her roots begin to grow down. And, and, and our roots grow, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, in those seasons when you don't feel like God is very close to you. In those trials where you go, man, where is God? Because when those seasons when you don't feel like God is close to you, you start digging for him more. And when you dig for him more, guess what? That means that you are reaching for him. That means your roots are growing. Just like the grass, when it doesn't have much rain, the roots go down deeper into the ground to find the water it needs. And that's what happens in our lives through trials. And so through those trials, the reason why God says this is a good thing is because you are being rooted in him. And when you are rooted in him, you look like that man on that lighthouse with the sea of change that's happening around you. How do you stand firm? You become rooted in him. How you become rooted in him really depends on how you respond to the trials. It's all linked together. How are you responding to the trials that God has for you? Are you declaring God hates you, doesn't love you, that he's left you? Or are you saying, hold on, God, I don't understand this. Yes, I don't like it because none of us like the trials, but in the midst of this God, I'm going to hang on to you. It's so easy to say this and so hard to do. 
but I'm going to hang on to you. And in the midst of that, I know that you are God and I'm going to trust you. And God, would you help me to respond to you the right way? And would you help me grow in you? See, what happens is Christians who aren't rooted in him and they're not spending time in his word and they're not studying him and they don't go through trials, they become wishy-washy. And guess what happens? They're not rooted in him. They're hanging out around him. And when they hang out around him, the storms come. Guess what? They get tossed with the waves. Why? Because they're really not in him. See, there are a lot of Christians that like God. They like the idea of God. They like the benefits of God. As long as God can conform to where they want him to be. There's a big difference. Are you rooted in him? This is why scripture tells us, man, consider it joy when you're going through these trials because God is preparing you to stand firm and to be strong. Consider it joy when you go through these winter seasons, these dry seasons, these desperate times because it produces in you and it produces in me. And as we grow in Christ, we mature in him, right? And as we mature, this is what Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 19 says about as we mature in him. It says, as we mature in Christ, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. This is God's analogy for us. As we mature in him, we won't be infants We won't be young Christians tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Even God is saying, man, these waves and the wind and the storm represent every wind of teaching that's going to come, every deceptive thing. And as as you mature in Him, as you are rooted in Him, through your trials, through your winters, through those tough times, you won't be knocked around because you will know who He is. It says, you won't be blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. I love this. He says, basically, instead of that, instead of being tossed everywhere, when you're rooted in him and you are maturing in him, you will grow to become his body. You will grow as part of that lighthouse, as part of that unchanging force. You will grow and be an extension of Him. As you mature, you will be part of that strong body, that unmoving, unwavering body, that lighthouse in the storm. So we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. He says, man, you can't live as the world does. You can't think as the world thinks. You've got to pull away from that. We've got to live in the world, but we have to live as Christ lives in the world. So you can't think like that. You can't, you can't get God to conform to your ways. The world can't get God, no matter how much they, they, they try to get God to change and adapt to become part of the world. His message to be part of the world's message. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, 
in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. And if this isn't a message for today, if that scripture doesn't define what's happening today in this world, I don't know what is. But we become that extension of Christ in the midst of the waves of change. And when we become the extension of Christ, you and I will stand. And we won't stand in anxiety. We won't stand in stress. But we can stand in the unchanging word of God. We can stand not in our own power. You don't, have the, you don't have the strength to stand. You don't have the strength to combat all of these waves. But you have to be rooted in him, in his power, and in his authority. I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. Where do you turn? This is a hint, by the way. Subliminal messages. Where do you turn to help you wrestle through some of the things that you wrestle through with? I know there are a lot of Christians today that are, that, that, that are wrestling through some worldviews and some thoughts and some opinions, and, and, and they're wrestling through going, man, like, which way do I believe? And there's some convincing arguments, and there's some philosophy of the world. Where do you turn to make that decision? Do you turn to the opinions of your friends? Do you turn to Google? Do you turn to the Internet? Do you turn to what's popular? Or, or do you turn to, to God's Word? What guides your decision-making? What you know, as you answer that, it'll tell you whether you're rooted in Him or you're rooted in the world. I want to close with this. I've had to move quickly this morning. There's a story that probably many of you know, and I think it represents the world and where God is today, and it's this story of the battleship and the lighthouse. And it says, in the darkest part of the night, a ship's captain cautiously piloted his warship through the foggy waters. Straining his eyes, he scanned the darkness, searching for dangers just out of sight. When his worst fears were realized, when he saw a bright light straight ahead, and it appeared to be a vessel on a collision course with his own ship. To avert disaster, he quickly radioed the oncoming vessel, and he said, this is Captain Jeremiah Smith. His voice crackled over the radio. Please change your course 10 degrees south over. To the captain's amazement, the foggy image did not move. Instead, he heard the back on the radio, Captain Smith, this is Private Thomas Johnson. Please change your course 10 degrees north over. Appalled at the audacity of the message, the captain shouted back over the radio, Private Johnson, this is Captain Smith, and I order you to immediately change your course 10 degrees south over. A second time, the oncoming light did not budge. With all due respect, Captain Smith, came the private's voice again, I order you to change your course immediately 10 degrees north, over. Angered and frustrated that the sailor would, not, would endanger the lives of his men and crew, the captain growled back over the radio, Private Johnson, I can have you court-martialed for this. For the last time, I command you, on the authority of the United States government, to, to alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Private's final transmission was Captain Smith, sir. Once again, with all due respect, I command you to alter your course 10 degrees to the north. I'm a lighthouse. <laughs> I feel like that is a picture of the world and God. 
I do. I feel like the world is in this place where they are demanding that God, if he's going to be worshipped here, has to be conformed to the thinking and the desire of of the battleship, of the authority, of the power. They are demanding that God change. And God is saying, I am unchanging and I will not move. My word is final. My word is the authority. And unless you change, you're going to die. That's what he said. This is what his word says. Unless you change, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Unless you become like a child, you will not inherit. You will surely pass away. And this is this, the world's on a collision course with God Almighty. And His word is true. And His word is the authority. And He is standing firm. And what God has called us to do is to be rooted in Him. It doesn't matter how insistent the world becomes, how strong their voice is, how much they yell, and how much they shout that we must change. No. We are not rooted in the battleship. They are in a collision course. God has called us to be rooted in Him, and we stand in Him. Can I say this to you? It's not just about standing in Him for your own protection. It's not about standing in Him so you make it through. It's about standing in Him because the world needs you to stand in Him. See, if we don't stand in Him, we become that private that goes, okay, I'll just turn my light off. So you think I've altered my course and the battleship thinks that it's won its way and then it finds itself wrecked on the rocks that the lighthouse is keeping it from. God stands as a lighthouse shining because it's His desire that none will perish. It's His desire that everyone will inherit the kingdom of God. And He tells us to be rooted in Him and stand in Him because we are to be an extension of Him. We are to be His mature body. I said this a couple weeks ago, but when I get dizzy, I reach out for something that's not moving to support me. If I think I'm going to fall, I don't want to grab hold of this. I want to grab hold of something that is that has a strong foundation. The world does not want you to move. When I served in Range Battalion, I went through a lot of grief as a Christian. I can't tell you how many invitations I had to to all kinds of uh, places Christians shouldn't go. I couldn't, I could tell you how alone I felt and, and, and how many times people tried to get me to mess up just because they wanted me to. They, they did so many things they could and it was hard. Man, I'd have to go to the porta party to read my Bible. But that's what I had to do just to get some peace. What I found out months later after people began to come to me later on is as much as they tried deep down in their hearts, they didn't want me to, they didn't want me to budge. I had guys come up to me and say, man, I'm just, I'm just so glad that you didn't, you didn't move. And then they would list so many other Christians that they were able to twist and convince. And, and I say that I'm not glorifying myself. I'm saying it to say one thing. The world doesn't want you to move. They, 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 the world is desperately looking for something real. The world is desperately looking for something solid. The world doesn't want you to cave. The world just wants to know what is real. Will you endure the grief? Will you endure some of the challenge? Will you endure that to be a lighthouse for this world? Because they need you to stand. See, the coward's way is to cave. 
Because what that is, it says, you know what? I don't want to go through the persecution and I don't want to go through the grief. And I'd rather my friends go to hell than me have to go through that. I mean, think about that. I'd rather they die. I put a post on my Facebook just recently about a very well-known atheist. And he's a comedian. And he said this. He said after one of his shows, he came outside and, and there was a, a man that handed, handed him a New Testament. And the man said, listen, I'm just telling you that I'm obviously promoting the gospel. And the atheist says this. He said, you know what? He said, the way this man talked to me, he's very complimentary of me. And he just talked to me. He's just real nice. Even though he knows I, I'm an atheist. And he said, I, I tell you, I have to respect him. He said, because how much do you have to hate a person? If you really believe... If you really believe that if I don't have Jesus Christ in my heart, that I'm going to go to hell. This is what the atheist says. If you really believe that, how much do you have to hate someone not to tell them? How much do you have to hate someone not to tell them? He said, if that's what you believe as a Christian man, you should be telling everybody about that. He goes on to say, if I was standing next to the road, and this was his illustration, getting ready to cross and I didn't see this truck barreling down the road towards me and I'm getting ready to cross that road and we said if I saw someone do that at first I might yell if they didn't hear me I'd probably yell louder but at some point I'm tackling them because I don't want them to get killed you know we're excited about the game today right because we can't afford to lose this one We can. We can. This isn't like week 10. But we lose this one, it's over. The season is over. We can't afford to lose this one. As you get closer and closer, it's crunch time. I want to tell you, guys, we can't afford to lose this one. As Christians, we can't afford to lose this one. Man, it's, it's getting closer and closer and closer. Like he's coming back soon. Be rooted in Him. Don't be tossed like these waves. Stand in Him. And I know so many of you are doing that. I want to encourage you, keep doing it. Your crowns are in heaven. You may not get them down here, but your crowns are in heaven. But keep doing this. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Can I have some of our prayer team members to come forward? And Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to talk about change that happens with us. God we go through change that happens to us. It leads to change in us. We stand through change that happens around us. All of that so that ch change will happen through us. That's the biggest message that God wants to send to you. He wants change to happen through you. To be an instrument of change. That's what he's called you to be. Nothing else matters. That's what he's called you to do. You can accept him and love him and show him church. He wants more than that. Would you bow your heads? How are you responding to the change that happens around you? As basically, as basic as it may be in this church, how are you responding to change in this church? Do you spend more time frustrated because pastors and genes? 
Do you spend more time frustrated because we're no longer doing hymns? How do you respond to change? And, and, and is it really glorifying God? Is it really about that? Is, is that what God's going to say to you in the end? Like, man, I just really appreciate the way you really made it your own goal to make sure him stay in the church. How are you responding to change that happens in here? Let me ask you another question. How are you using the change that's happening with technology around us to advance his gospel? How are you embracing change to take his message of the cross and his grace and his freedom to other people? And I ask you some more questions. How are you standing? Who's influencing where you stand? Who's influencing your decision? Is it the word of God? Are you rooted in him? Or are you being knocked by the waves? Be rooted in him. And he will use you to do great things. Well, Jesus, we come before you this morning and we thank you, God. God, I thank you, Father, that you are unchanging. God, I thank you, Father, that in a world that seems to be going crazy, God, you stand firm. God, I thank you, Father, that, that, that in all the fears that we can go through and all the challenges, God, we can grab hold of you and we can grab hold of your word and we can grab hold of your promises. God, and in you we can find peace and in you we can find joy and in you we can find healing, Lord God. God, I thank you, Father, you love us so much. God, I pray for everyone in this place this morning, God, who are wrestling with some tough questions, God. And I just pray, Father, that as they find out what their answers are, Lord God, the answers are that they would find those answers in your word and in your truth, Lord Jesus, that they would turn to you, God, and that you would give them the courage to stand, God, that each life in this church this morning would be a picture of that man standing in that lighthouse. God, I thank you that you shield us from the waves, God, that our strength and our power is in you. God, that you haven't called us to stand by ourselves, but God, just to hang on to you as you bring us through, Lord God. God, help us to be changed by you through you so that we can lead others Lord God who are hurting and broken and tossed back and forth in this world Lord God to the light and life and love of who you are we ask it in Jesus name Amen